0: you are locked on browns your daily podcast covering the cleveland browns part of the locked on podcast network your team every day good evening guys and gals what will be your wednesday edition of locked on browns uh closing in at this point from when we're recording less than 48 hours from now we will actually be watching cleveland browns football god bless us everyone uh we've made it you know look uh, you know Denver, Atlanta, whatever the hell that atrocity was last Thursday night, they've at least gotten their first opportunity to start getting into the 2019 season. We are slowly headed there on Locked On Browns and about to have some live football to talk about. iTunes rating reviews, guys. Make sure you subscribe to drop that rating. Leave a written review. Help the boys out here. Pete Smith, Jeff Lloyd, your local experts, along for the biggest stories on your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. Tonight, the support from Manscaped, uh, who is number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. You may have seen them on Shark Tank. Manscaping offers precision-engineered tools for the family jewels. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code locked on capital L, capital O, at manscaped.com. That's 20% at manscaped.com with promo code locked on Pete, uh, one of the key things, obviously, we've been monitoring this entire, obviously, offseason, OTAs, uh, obviously now training camp and going into preseason action is the right guard position. Uh, look, the veteran Eric Cush, now it's three days in a row. It seems like he's getting first-team reps. Austin Corbett seems to be more of second-team center. Uh, I think you, if you're a franchise, you want this at least – you want to know what your week one off line be when you go into week three of the preseason. You're hoping whatever the offensive line you're starting that week is the one you're going to trot out against Tennessee. Maybe this is, you know, Cush with a little bit of veteran, you know, obviously some veteran to him. At least you maybe know what you got, where Austin Corbett, it's still a bit of an unknown, and maybe he can change this over the next two weeks. We'll see, but maybe are we seeing something trend one way or the other?
1: I still look at Eric Cush as sort of the baseline and they want, you know, Austin Corbett to surpass him, um, which, you know, if that doesn't happen and obviously there's time for that and I'm fascinated to watch those two play this, you know, Thursday and beyond, um, you know, that would be a little disappointing. I don't think anybody's super excited about uh, what Eric Cush brings to your line. and, And Brent Sebleski made a good point about how, Eric Cush essentially got beaten out by other guys that the Browns could have taken with that 33rd pick on the offensive line. So I'm at least, I, I, I'm curious to see where this goes how much of this, and that's why I want to see it for myself is how much of this looks like a comfort issue for Corbett where he, he's just not confident in what he's doing. And, he, and, and, and you get a sense that maybe with more confidence, he would get there as opposed to he's just not able to do what they need him to do at the position at this point, and Kush is simply better. So that's definitely one of the – I mean, if the I, I, Freddie Kitchens has said he doesn't know how many quote-unquote starters uh, will play in this, You know, but he, that would be one I would assume will, uh, so that we can get a sense of that. Or maybe he won't. I mean, I'm, maybe Kush doesn't play at all, and they give a ton of reps to Corbett. Uh, in that scenario, but the one thing I was happy about, we talked about before was going down to two and they've done that and it's cushion and, and Corbett. And I had it right with Kalis uh, being the odd man out. Uh, but nevertheless, that's another guy who, who gets game reps and we get to see what he can sort of do in that, that type of stuff. So, um, you know, as much as camp matters and all those things, and, and we can talk all day about how, um, you know, Practice reps are, are great and everything. There's always an element of, um, you know what happens when the light, you know lights are on and, and it matters more. Uh, and so preseason in that sense weighs a little bit more. So that, that could be an opportunity for for Corbett or somebody else to make a statement. So it's you know fascinating to watch to see where this goes.
0: For me, it might be more of a, I think we know what Kush is right now. We're still not sure on Corbett. And, you know, uh, some of it could be, you know, maybe you know, lighting the proverbial proverbial fire under the ash, so to speak, of, you know, Austin Corbett. And this is what is going to need to be expected of you. And, you know, look, your time is now, son. And, yeah, it was great you were second-round picks. It's similar to Chad Thomas. But, look, look, I mean, we're not in the position of, you know, holding your hand any longer. We need you guys to start producing. And the only way to do that is get in there and crack some skulls. So it it is something with that. And, look, even Kush last year, I mean, he got a good opportunity and he played well. But it's not like he held on anything. When those injured players came back, they just slotted right into their spots. I mean, so it's – the whole thing here, it's tough. But, look, you need somebody to just – somebody grab it by the cojones, so to speak. And let's get going here because – as we've mentioned here on a bunch of times, interior line is probably a lot more important to Baker than the exterior. Go ahead.
1: I didn't say anything, but I'm happy oh. to. Uh, yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree. The interior is more important. I think uh, that is my biggest concern heading into this season is, you know, Kevin Zeitler for all of his inability to really move too much. He stabilized that interior of the line and made it so Baker Mayfield didn't really have to worry too much about what was going around at his feet or in front of him. He could step in the pocket safely. Uh, he only really had to worry about uh, ma- manipulating the outside rushes with the tackles. There was sort of a, a predictability element there that, you know, by virtue of having the inside taken care of, there was always a path to sort of escape up the field. And, and if that's not there, that could make things all in year two. So, yeah, there's a lot to that. and, and
0: pre- So, of- and obviously, you know, you have all of this at the skill positions. It's kind of where you're looking. So, it, it's it's going to be interesting. Uh, some comments on Nick Chubb today, uh, Freddie Kitchens. And we had mentioned this, Pete. Um, Nick Chubb was going to go into offseason last year and obviously was over 1,000. Ended up just shy of it due to one carry. Um, we had we had a feeling Nick was going to use it as own personal fuel and motivation. He's it's just the way the guy is. And look, he's is probably not something that set him back th- that much. And you know, and only he would truly be able to answer this. But you know, obviously, just knowing he came back from that injury in the way he did, and it's you talk to medical people, and Matt Waldman's brought this up with you know about Gene Rommel, where he was trying to explain you know how far Nick was from, and it was like blowing away people who actually are in medicine, like it blew them away you know, where he was in recovery. So it's this. that wasn't the worst of times for Nick Chubb. Um, and Freddie made it sound like, you know, look, there's a lot of guys, you know, one, two, three, four between Hunt, between Duke, and obviously Dontrell Hilliard along with Nick Chubb. But it seems like Freddie's pretty ride or die. He's got his boy here. Yeah, I think, uh,
1: if nothing else, he adds a very consistent level-headed element that you, you sort of, you know, it getting every time Nick Chubb uh, goes to the proverbial office. He's a, a very talented player, uh, so it, who's, who's consistent in terms of what he gives you per carry, and then he has those explosive plays. But he's always sort of that guy who's going to get you so many yards every time, and then uh, like there's no variance from that standpoint. It's a question of when's he going to break it, as opposed to is he going to do the job.
0: Yeah, and look, you just love Nick and what he comes in. Uh, You know, obviously one of the shows I did last year with Nathan Zagara and him just saying, you know, they kind of call him like old school and you kind of got to tell Nick on Wednesday, yo, this isn't game day, all right? You, You know, save that for Sunday. Come out here, get your work in. But you know, just you know, you. But it's just the way Nick is. Some guys are wired. Every day they view it as you know, I'm gonna give you the best I can today to get better. Nick's one of those guys. Pete's gonna tell you about Blue Chew. We got a listener question here, and eh, we kind of know where your guys are going with it. And look, but we always appreciate it. But we'll have the fun with it. Pete's gonna hit you with the Blue Chew.
1: Right. So as we get ready to hit the preseason and get the ball rolling, uh, it, it, you know, Blue is looking out to make sure you're hitting on uh, all cylinders as the Browns prepare to try to do that themselves. Uh, you know, you're at an age where you know how to, how to use the equipment. Now you got to make sure the equipment is working at optimal uh, speed and everything. So check out the folks at Blue Chew. Uh, blue Chew like the color blue. Uh, Bluetooth brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill. Whenever the opportunity arises, they're discreet, getting prescription easy, so they're taking care of you on that end. And as long as you're making the wife happy so she can make you happy, uh, you're doing good. So check out the uh, locked-on... Uh, promo code to make sure you save and uh, check out check out those folks uh, to make sure you're taking care of business where you want to take care of business.
0: Look, uh, as you get older, you ain't got a lot of opportunities where you can Tony totally Gwinnett, it, man. You got a Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa. You better be hitting bombs. Thanks to locked. Uh, thanks to the folks over Blue Chew for the sponsorship of Locked On Browns. The question comes from at Russell underscore Tos. And look, guys, I know, I know, and I know you want to jump on us. Um, so uh, you know, and, and look, don't it, bringing it to us on this format. I truly love throwing out a tweet when you know nobody's around, so nothing can be answered for hours. I truly, I appreciate you bringing it to us, and we can do it in this format. Um, he's not starting trouble, Russell. So don't think that. We've had DL D lineman making camps all plays. D backs making plays all camp. There's been nada from Kirker, Kirko or show. We'll get to all this. Given the upgrades on the front and back of the defense, shouldn't we expect more? It seems like the rookie linebackers are making more plays. Pete, I obviously know you want to start here, so go ahead, bud.
1: Right. So the premise of the question is bullshit in the sense of there's this like magical number of plays guys are making. Um, you know, Russell is a person who is trying to will uh, Schobert and Kirk Kirksey out of town, uh, believing that Kirk, well, Kirksey is going to be gone, but believing Schobert is not good, uh, and that gonna let both of them walk because, of course, they're very replaceable and all that stuff. So this is a question that's sort of leading you down that path. But again, it's about this magical number of plays being made in the same sense that like, you know, you don't, you don't hear necessarily how many plays Denzel Ward's making. It's sort of understood. Uh, but more importantly, it's a question of who the plays are being made against, uh, and, and what type of plays are being made. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's great. When guys like Mac Wilson and and Sione Takitaki are making plays, that's good. You want them to make plays certainly beats the alternative, but it's, you know, if it's bouncing off Pharaoh Brown's head and, and falling into your arms, that's great, but it's also sort of expected. Um, but, you know, part of this is because the Browns have such a smaller rookie class and, you know, they don't have three first round picks rolling out there. And as a result, uh, there's more focus on the smaller group and obviously more focus on a name in the smaller group and Mac Wilson. Uh, but if you go back to last year, because Mac Wilson's a fifth rounder, Jannard Avery wasn't like crushing it at this point in freaking camp or anything. It was still sort of waiting to see it happen. Uh, you know, it wasn't until this you know towards the end of camp and really into the season that you know there, there was a sense that Janard Avery was going to be a really good football player. Uh, so like, there's no schedule that says, you know, these guys have to be ready by a certain date, especially guys in the fifth round or you know, somewhat of a project in in taki taki in the third round. Uh, you know, likewise. You know, we're waiting on Austin Corbett to sort of hit if that's going to happen. And we're waiting on Chad Thomas to have a pulse. Uh, You know, you you hope these guys work out. You hope they're great. But I think we are trying to put the cart before the horse here, especially in the case of Shilbert, because Shilbert's just great uh, and has only gotten better. But, you know, are there you have every reason to be. Uh, at least suspect of if Kirksey is going to be good, given that he has had his share of issues staying healthy and some, some drop off in play. And, and he's trimmer this year. Uh, hopefully being able to play a little bit more of an ad, actual, uh, mobile role in Steve Wilkes scheme, uh, being asked to do more coverage things, having more range. Uh, he, I understand every question with him, uh, but I think, you know, Unless you're somebody like Russell who just is wrong, flat wrong about Joe Schobert being bad, Joe Schobert, who PFF just came out with as the 10th best off-ball linebacker in the entire league, uh, then I, I think he, he's earned some benefit of the doubt. Do you want to see him make more tackles? Yes, of course you do. But he's great, and, and I, I think it's a shame that he's being overlooked so much. By a fan base that has him and, and how good of a backer he's been.
0: Well, the thing, the thing with Joe Schobert, and I have, obviously, you know, uh, you know, I, we talk, I talk with the other hosts of the locked on shows and, you know, a lot of them, you know, it, really Joe Schobert may not be in Cleveland after 2019. He's a really, really good player. So when guys who cover a specific team know how good Joe Schobert is, that tells me we know how good Joe Schobert is. Um, one of the things, and look, I, I'm not dismissing anything. Look, I, I see it. I'm not blind. Mac Wilson's making plays. And Sioni Taki Taki, yeah, I, I understand it. I get it. You're going to have to prove it. And you're going to have to prove it against, you know, it, it's not going to be fourth quarter. Fourth quarter, so, any... Yeah, exactly. I mean, nothing against fourth-quarter competition in these preseason games is going to change everything. There's going to be have to be chances where, oh, now it's first-team reps, or, you know, week three of the preseason in the second quarter, you're going to see Sione. You're going to see Mac Wilson. And if they're making plays then, now we're on to something. Intercepting coach Drew Stanton doesn't do much for me. Um, the other thing as far as – the D line is beating the crap. Look, if we don't know who our right guard is yet and we're about to kick off the first preseason game, that tells you there's four offensive linemen right now that they're sure of. Everything else is a crapshoot. But keep in mind one of those guys is you know, Chris Hubbard. And the first seven, eight weeks last the only reason he looked somewhat serviceable in those weeks is because Desmond Harrison looks so bad on the other side. So we're not still even sure on Hubbard. And the other thing is, why do the ones always practice against the ones? There's a reason for that. And obviously right now, this offense, with all they have going on, there's you know, it, it's pretty good skill-wise. So this defense is getting a run for their money. Not everybody trots, trots out the offensive skill that the Cleveland Browns does. As crazy it is to say, not everybody trots out is the offensive skill that the Browns do. That's a good thing, guys. Enjoy every moment of it. But, yeah, there's been some. Uh, you know, Jarvis Landry caught a ball over the middle. Guess what? Joe Schobert punched it out and punched it loose. I guess some people missed that one. Um, so, yeah, maybe the offense has given the defense a little bit of a run for their money right now. That's good because we, we think we know what we got on the defensive side of the ball. Um, but to question whether or not Joe Schobert's going to make plays, we're talking about a guy who's made over, was it was close to, 250 tackles the last two years. Let's just relax on that. We're, we're good in that department. And the other reason ones don't practice against twos, because you don't want some guy trying to make a roster and be a freaking practice hero and take out a star in a meaningless drill, because those things have happened in the past. That's why the ones go versus the ones, because there's that respect of we got to get our work in, but I ain't out here to hurt you.
1: Sure. Um, but, yeah, I mean, look, J- Jannard Avery had to prove himself finally against Sunday Sunday competition, and he did. Uh, and and that's why he became such a big surprise last year. Uh, but none of the rookies thus far have, have shown enough to say, you know, we'll see with Greedy Williams, but I, I think that's going to be a little bit longer process outside of some, some package stuff than maybe people want to, are, are maybe ready to take. And maybe he'll make a big jump in this preseason in this next month and ultimately rest control of that job. But, you know, the, this, this other than special teams, which all of these guys were drafted in part to do, I don't expect much rookie impact. Uh, and the linebackers may have to if there's a case of an injury or or if, uh, you know, they want to go three backers and they aren't satisfied with the third guy they have right now. But other than that, I I, I don't expect much of a contribution from rookies, Uh, and that's that's where this team is at, which is good and and good on some level. And obviously, trading a first round pick is a big reason for that. That you're not going to have rookie impact from that particular spot. You got Odell Beckham instead, but you know may be indicative of could be. We'll see. I mean, it's way too early, but could be indicative of how you know relatively average this draft class was
0: uh and that's where we're at but look you know and the other thing is when you did that much work in the last two off seasons it's going to be hard to how you you know, you, you went into this draft, and obviously, you know, you gave up. You know, what you gave up for Odell, and you, you got started late in the draft, so to speak. When you're drafting, you know, in the mid '40s. Um, but look, we'll see how it all plays out, guys. We will. Um, Zabo Apparel. I've brought up them before. Uh, a veteran-owned company. ZaboApparel.com, dot com. S Z A B O. They're doing some really, really good stuff. And look, I know everybody's kind of got a T-shirt company right now. I get it. I get it. But the folks at Zabo. Uh, Zabo. I do highly recommend. Check them out. Uh, the, you know some of my favorites: the Hollywood Higgins, the red carpet, the uh, just show up. All good stuff. So go ahead, check out Zabo. All right, some more listener questions here. As we start, guys, we, I, I know we're going to a little bit of a shorter format. Um, the network has kind of preached it, and I'm going to run with it for now. Look, the post game, the pre game. I ain't guaranteeing that's going to work out that way. And sometimes me and Pete are just going to get on down the highway, and there's going to be no bringing us the hell back. But this is we're going to go a little bit shorter, and it's it's in numbers, and it's in an the analytics thing, and everything analytics goes everywhere. So it does come here. Um, Paul Zinn. Paul, thanks for the question. It's certainly not his first time. Early prediction on the biggest surprise cut. Go ahead, Pete.
1: Yeah, awesome. Okay. <laughs> I'm not sure he's going to see September. Uh, he may not see much longer Three than
0: The of the preseason.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, and, and I think uh, if things continue the way they're going, I think they are, you know, if you're not satisfied with Greg Joseph at this point uh, as being a potential answer, that if, if Cybert is still dreadful, they need to move on from him and bring in somebody else to compete with Greg Joseph. Uh, and, and I mean, on some level, they may be doing that anyway, in terms of like tryouts and stuff. But, you know, this is a guy who had almost, you know, however many of a crowd of 30, you know, 38,000 booing him in which, which is just not what anyone wants to see. Uh, so, yeah, I think, unfortunately, for right now, I, I think cyber is going to get be the big one. But longer term, I think. We'll see. I think Chris Smith is going to end up being the odd man out. I think whether it's cut or trade, I think they'd probably prefer to trade him. Uh, I don't know if the, the, the money is going to be there to justify they can get $3 million in cap relief by moving on. I think Zeto can do a lot of what he does anyway. Uh, we'll see. Uh, that, that, that's the other one that sort of jumps at me. But I don't see anyone else sort of like jumping out as like, surprise, this guy's cut.
0: Well, I'm going to go with this one, and but I, I don't know if it would be a surprise uh, for us. But uh, Chad Thomas, uh, it, the question is, will you you know, admit you're wrong and move on from a guy like Chad Thomas? For me, yeah, that would be a guy. I mean, it, it's getting really, really late, really, really early for Chad Thomas. Uh, you better get some playing time early on Thursday night, Chad Thomas. And if you do. For God's sakes, freaking do something with it! From got so, have a big, big
1: He's a very big. Couple of preseason games in a hurry. I don't know what the illness was. If he had a flu bug or whatever, but hopefully he's like full go for uh, you know the the preseason games. He's you know if they, none of those defensive linemen look like they're going to play, he's going to have a ton of opportunities. He has to make uh, something happen.
0: Well, I hope he didn't catch the bird flu while he was at camp. From uh, Keeper of the Real, welcome back. Yeah. Any idea how much Freddie wants to run the ball? Him saying they're not going to just throw the ball around uh, worried me. Um, I, we, we just hit on this, obviously. um, Freddie, I, I think, knows what he has in Nick. But I also think it's going to be a lot of, look, what's given. And we talked about this, Pete. Once Odell came here, you know, I mean, Nick's going to be sitting there with his hand over his forehead trying to – Find the guys in the box because they're not going to be there, and nobody's good, nobody's dumb. Baker's not dumb. Freddie's not dumb. There's going to be audibles where if there's simple runs where it's a quick, easy five, six yards, and Nick's got that ability. If it's one on one, you know where it's you know he can beat somebody, he can power through somebody. It's not going to be ignored what Nick Chubb did last year.
1: Yeah, um, you know this is one of those things where I I I, I think partly. Freddie kitchens is sort of telling himself this to make sure he doesn't forget.
0: <laughs> it's gonna be, That'll be on the top in like bold marker. Don't forget about Nick Chubb.
1: Yeah. And look, I, I think a lot of what they, they, they want to be able to do uh, it, it, especially with the offensive line and some transition uh, is to be able to use play action to sort of, set themselves up for success and use the run game to sort of get, build confidence with those guys and make themselves uh, a little bit less predictable in, in play calls and stuff like that to make sure that those offensive linemen are in the best position possible uh, to be able to protect. And, and I don't think there's any question they know what Baker Mayfield can do. They know what Oda Beckham can do, and they know what they have in a lot of these other guys. But, you know, they not only have Nick Chubb and – Duke Johnson and Dontrell Hilliard and, you know, all these guys, but then they've got another guy potentially coming back week nine and Kareem Hunt. And like, you've assembled these guys, you may as well use them. Uh, they're obviously a substantial amount of talent, but uh, I, I think so much of this is because the NFL has gone, you know, and, and the way the Browns are obviously doing this, they're going to that four-two-five scheme is the trend for a lot of these uh, teams is to get smaller on defense to match up with a ton of receivers and Nick Chubb is 225 pounds. And if you can you know, spread those guys out, create some numbers advantages, and then you have a guy who's 225 with that much strength and balance and you're putting him against DBs trying to tackle him, you know, it's a massive advantage you, you potentially create for yourself. Uh, especially if, Duke, uh, if uh, Nick Chubb takes another step as a receiver it just becomes one more element he can have but screen game those type of things uh but yeah look we we talk about can can Nick Chubb be like an 1800 yard rusher the answer is i think he can uh you know that, but is that best for the team well whether it is getting that many yards and that many carries is is a question but certain if you've got a guy you can do it use him uh, he can carry you through a lot. He can keep you on schedule. He can set up uh, better opportunities to throw the ball, like second and short, play action, that all that good stuff. You can be really aggressive on some of those play calls. So, yeah, I think as much as anything, this is Freddie Kitchens basically saying to himself, "Don't forget to run the ball because you've got studs back there, and you, you it just could make everything easier."
0: And, look, I mean, you get in a position where, you know, opposing defenses now have to worry about Nick Chubb and you get some safeties kind of creeping up. You're not covering. You're not covering all these guys. You're not covering Odell. You're not covering Jarvis. You're not covering David, whether it's Rashard or Antoine You're not covering all these guys. So any game where Nick gets hot early and often, it just literally, it just opens up for freaking everything. And I don't think Freddie's dumb enough. And I think, you know, Freddie was probably, as the running back coach last year, was probably the one that saw the writing on the wall. Like, why isn't this guy getting a tad bit more run? Uh, going through the just last one here we'll get for listener questions. Um, because all of these guys, everybody, I appreciate them all, but some of them all kind of just ran into each other. And it's perfect. We answered everything you had you had for today. Considering the quality of the wide receiver core, do you think there's a possibility they keep only five to use that roster spot elsewhere it's a good question Pete it is um and maybe you have that you know practice squad guy that if you need them but I mean if you're more comfortable with maybe an extra DB over a sixth wide receiver I mean and if you go and willies with five do you need do you need more than that
1: no, I think it's an interesting idea, and if you you know if you've got a DB who's really good, let's say Tavier Thomas for example, and he they love, yep. yeah, and they love him as a, a special teams guy, and he becomes sort of that, you know, for the in the past it's been guys like Johnson, Bada and you know, obviously Josh Cribbs. Uh, <clears throat> the Patriots have Matthew Slater, who's been to um uh, you know, Pro Bowls and All Pros as a special teams only guy. Uh, If they've got a guy, and Freddie Kitchens has stressed this, and they've got a guy, Mike Briefer, who's obviously a capable special teams coach, um, they can certainly justify making that move and getting somebody else. And and they could easily find a receipt. Like, you know, here's the thing. Like, people tell me, you know, Jalen Strong's going to make the team. You know, let's say they cut Jalen Strong. Are there that many teams that are going to be competing for services or, or, or that you can't get someone, you know, of similar skill level pretty easily? So I'm, I'm intrigued by the notion. Uh, I'm sort of used to six receivers, but I have no issue with that thought.
0: It's, yeah, and look, I mean, it, it may be the smart play or it may be that, you know, you don't have enough confidence in you know, after whatever's going to be your starting five on offensive line that maybe you're going to say maybe I need to keep more. I mean, it, it does present that opportunity. And look, you know, Tavier Thomas, and you know, you win over a franchise when you know you're going to have postseason surgery, but yet you finish out your season. Uh, guys like that, you know, those are ones that front office people and coaching staffs, uh, you know, they like to keep around. You're going to go to a fight, you want those kind of guys around. Pete, league-wise, Brown-wise, anything we've missed?
1: Uh, the Green Bay Packers uh, waived. Uh, Jason Spriggs, a former second-round pick, uh, had some in- injury issues.
0: I liked Spriggs.
1: He I, was very I liked him coming, coming out. He didn't, you know, he, he lacked some explosion and some power uh and and struggled uh so you know that's but he was a guy a lot of people were high on because he was so light on his feet and there there have been some guys like that where they failed because he just didn't have enough oomph but yeah that's uh former second round pick getting released as an injury uh move uh so they could sign i think keith ford uh but yeah that that's the one i noticed
0: and uh, obviously, uh, you're going to look at Campman here, and if it was a former, you know, protege, if the Browns bring him in, obviously that means, you know, Campman, Campman thinks he's something there, and maybe he's not done with the work process yet. If it's not really a sniff, then maybe the story may be told on Mr. Springs. Pete Browns-Maven, what's the latest? What's going on?
1: I I did a thing talking about Freddie Kitchen's response to the Bob Wiley situation. Obviously, I thought he did well with that. Uh, You know, there's always stuff going on over there. Uh, I'll figure out something to put up for tomorrow. We get ready for this preseason game.
0: Yeah, look, guys, uh, less than 48 hours away, and you know, we have we have ball to talk about. So, uh, you know, coming up soon, and you know, just makes makes doing this easier, makes covering every aspect of this easier. We start to get some game action to uh, to talk about, and again, guys. Don't be surprised if you're not seeing a lot of the gold Thursday night because it's trending like that is not going to happen. Uh, Follow at, I'm sorry, follow at underscore Pete Smith underscore uh, at BrownsMaven. Make sure you throw a follow over there for Pete. BrownsMaven.com. Get over there, become a member, get involved in the forums. For a lot of you people who aren't big on social media, that's probably a really, really good avenue for you. You're really only talking with Browns fans about whatever the current news is, you know whether it's coaching-wise, front office-wise, transactions, player-wise. Uh, Pete's putting out great content day in, day out. That's going to pick up as we get closer. As Pete's summer season with his high school program slows down a little bit and get a little bit more regulated into a more content type of avenue, going to be good stuff over there. Trust me. I ain't going to lie to you on that. The at LockedOnBrowns, all lowercase, Twitter account, Uh, always a follow-back account. DMs are always open. Uh, You got a question, you got a suggestion, by all means, feed it on over to me. Uh, always looking for feedback, constructive criticism. Uh, you know, we deal with porn bots. I deal with Monday morning quarterbacks over there. I do deal with some BS, but whatever. If this many people are going to come out every day and listen what we got to say, it's the least I can do for you. Me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Uh, throw a follow over there. Yes, my DMs are open there as well. Again, just I'm trying to you know I'm trying to put out the best content and the content that you guys want to hear. So that's just going to always continue to be the trend. Uh, appreciate you guys from all aspects on that um, we're gonna probably maybe record twice tomorrow we'll get some fun stuff we have got the game Thursday we're gonna get to it, it's look we're here we're, we're kind of getting back into mode um, you know it's August and as you know I was talking to somebody the other day they basically said August is essentially the Sunday of summer which it certainly feels like as everybody starts to get some regularity when September hits for all you parents for all you people who coach teach etc whatever. We're trending that way. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LLB. Let's go Browns.